You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to start our show off with our grateful moment. Evan, what are you grateful for this week? I'm grateful because I just had a really good um, overall week. Um, having a week off after Christmas uh, was, was great. Um, had a good weekend with church stuff. Um, had a joint services with some Charlotte area churches, and we had a tremendous turnout, uh, able to, to really do well success and be successful. And then I had a meeting this morning just about how to even elevate what we're already doing. And so, you know, I'm just grateful that, you know, it always seems like, you know, the Lord always has a plan. And sometimes, you know, you really have, not sometimes, you really have to learn to trust the Lord in this process of what you have to do. Very, very true. Kelvin, what are you grateful for? What's going on, everybody? Um, I am grateful for uh, year 2021. I'm grateful that I was able to uh, set up some goals. One of my goals, I'm going to put it out there right now so y'all can hold me accountable to it. So for the record, I'm trying to lose some of this weight so I can get back in basketball shape because the young fellas are talking crazy to me right now. I'm not (laughs) used to that. So I'm on record. Y'all got to hold me accountable. (laughs) I look, I I think even if we don't say it, most of us probably have that same goal, like trying to get back in shape this year. Um, Phil, what are you grateful for this week? Hey, good morning, everyone. Good day and good evening and good night, mate, for our Australian fans. Um, I'm happy to see another week. Happy to see 2021. I'm happy that um, we're starting New Year's and and we're going strong in this um, podcast. So I'm happy for that. I'm grateful for that. And what I am grateful for is very simple. I'm just so grateful for life. Um, I made it to January 3rd, 2021. A lot of people started January 1st, 2020. And many, many, many people did not make it till the end of the year, whether it was pandemic related, personal related. And so I'm just grateful for life. God saw it fit. He saw something in me to say, you know, I'm going to wake you up um, this morning. So I'm just so grateful for that. Okay, let's jump right into our show. And this week's show, we're going to start with the NFL. And um, famous commentator Anthony McFarlane made some statements this week that had the internet um, and the NFL community really thinking and contemplating um, on some of his words. One of the things that he made mention of is that a problem with a lot of young Black athletes, African-American athletes, when they come into the league, mainly the NFL, um, they don't have a business-minded or a professional attitude. They come in, what they're concerned about is their brand. They're concerned about social media, um, whether that's Instagram, whether that's Twitter. They're concerned about posting workouts to get their followers up. Um, And he said the problem is they are so focused on brand building that there isn't enough attention given to the business of what they're doing. 
Um, and that may contribute to a, a lot of the fallouts we have seen in the media, most recently, um, Dwayne Haskins, which we'll talk about earlier. And so I just wanted to get the guys' opinions about that. Are, are the issues that some Black players face, is it a result of their own lack of development as professionals, as athletes, or do we have um, other things at play here? I mean, <clears throat> so off the back, right, this is a multifaceted argument. Um, there's a lot of variables involved with this, for sure. Uh, a lot of it's cultural, of course, uh, when you talk about, first of all, let me say this. I wasn't as mad as many with his comments because of the simple fact, I believe that some things need to be said um, in the public because as many people that need to hear um, that certain behavior and certain lifestyles that they're promoting is not good for these up and coming athletes, especially the inner city youth ones um, with, 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 uh, their role models being the things they see on TV, where it's the, it's the, it's the drinking, it's the partying, it's the buying the clothes, it's the buying the cars, it's all that type of things. So I think Booger is trying to address that more so than anything. He was saying he's trying to change the mentality from just not being a selfish individual when you come into the league. And he said he was talking to everybody, but primarily with the makeup of the league, 70% black people, black, black young kids. So he was saying that they should change their mentality. And I really wasn't mad at his statement. Some things I can scrutinize, of course, but I think what he was trying to get at is when you talk about being an NFL player, you talk about being part of a business, a billion dollar business. And you have to have a mindset that you're not that you're not just an individual, but you are a business. So I think I'll start the conversation with that. And I'm interested to hear what everybody else had to say. I mean, I think that. Um... He obviously there are players that fit that profile, right? There are obviously players that fit that profile, but I, I also think that a player failing to live up to expectations more often than not is a byproduct of, of organizational malpractice. Uh, there are some people who are given passes, like, like I'll give an example, like you know, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is a guy I think came in focusing on his brand. And hasn't if you if you follow him after four years, he hasn't uh, really grown his offensive scoring package. But you know, Kevin and I talk about this a lot, just how he's given special treatment um, that certain players wouldn't be given the benefit of the doubt of. Uh, and so there are organizations that that fail players um, much more than I think players fail players which I would like Booger to take into consideration. And it always seems like these older athletes or these older guys always come down on younger generations for doing the same stuff they themselves were guilty of doing, guilty of doing and successful still. Like LT had a lot of issues. Now, I'm not talking about Damian Thompson. I'm talking about Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor, but he still was able to perform. So I don't know if you can completely look at it as this and completely ignore the role that the league plays and the organizations play in the downfall of certain players. Um, Evan, I just wanted to follow up on, on something you said. And I guess my question to you though, is when does the organization's duty stop? And, and when does the players, you know what I'm saying? Responsibility begin, because I don't want this to sound like we have these little babies coming in and the, 
100% of the onus of success is on the organization. So where does the organization's obligations end and when should a player recognize intrinsically when he has to act for his own success? Right. So I think that's a, that's a great question. I think that, you know, not everybody comes to the league with a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan mindset that they want to win. You know, some players have to grow into that. But like, I, I think there are very successful, talented players that never live up to these expectations because they don't have the work ethic. But I think there's also a lot of times when there are players who are bought into situations where they're not going to succeed. Let's think about Kobe, right? Kobe, when he came to the Charlotte Hornets, he wanted to win. He wanted to compete, but the owner drafted him and said, we never we had no plan for him. So if Kobe stayed in Charlotte, it might have taken him some time to become Kobe Bean um, because the organization would have been against him. And so there are some people who have the mindset, it doesn't matter. Like there are some people who go to bad schools who say, you know what, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to get it done. But that, that's not every player. So there's a place where the it falls on the player. And there's a place where it's really not just the player, but it's the system and the environment he's placed in. And I'm going to agree. It's a marriage, right? And what I don't like about Booger McFarlane, the guy got kicked off of um, the NFL (laughs) uh, Monday night football team. um, He singled out one particular race, right? And the problem is that we he it's it should have been a general comment, meaning players that don't put into it. Yes, the Owens is the African American, right, with majority, but he didn't have to. I felt that he didn't have to sing it out. He could have just made a general statement because look at Johnny Maxell, you know what happened to him. Same thing, didn't live up to the hype. And to me, as quick as the NFL owners could draft someone, they could cut them, and and the player could lose all their money. So my thing is that it's the if it's the organization as because they have that ability to keep and subtract at will literally it's like North Carolina at will state, they could get rid of you for, if you were in an ugly pair of shoes, the is a, they should take more Owens and helping this young player out because they're drafting, they literally are drafting babies, 19, 20, 22 year old wet behind the ear. And they should think- know the person who they're doing with. So I think Booker should have made his comment, keep it general for all players, not the Owens on African-Americans. Since, but the Phil, I'll say since he is an African American, since he probably came from one of, from a background similar, um, he's seen some things, and he has a background playing ten plus leagues, ten plus years in the league. So what he's saying, we gotta kind of consider because he's been there, and he's noticing a trend within our culture that's that's uh, detrimental to the to the young black athlete. And he's saying that they're more concerned with social media. They're more concerned with likes. They're more concerned with a lot of these things and they're not business minded. And I feel like he needs to say, um, it's not, it's not as much of a problem that it is for the white athlete or the younger white athlete. As I told Evan before, I had two friends to be quick. Um, and I won't say their names, uh, cause I didn't tell them I would discuss this. And they both uh, went into the NBA. One was a white guy, one was a black guy. First thing the, the black dude did was was bought a crazy car. Um, the white the white kid, he came from a little money. So what he did was, he was riding his mom's car. <laughs> Still, his first year in the league. Uh, not he didn't buy a house. He, he he did an apartment. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. It's like certain things we got to factor in. And I think he's being specific to the to our culture because 
we don't have a lot of the advantages that a lot of people do have. So I think I, I don't really how he said it, you know, some people may not like, but what he said is valid uh, because, you know, me being part of that circle, I, I've seen a lot of the, these kids and what their mindsets is when they go into a big business like that. And it's not it's kind of toxic. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me I ask you a question. But let me just, I understand what you're saying, but. I don't want to fight y'all, by the way. I know, I know. How many people, but think of it. How many, there's over, there's well over, what, uh, 50 people on a team, right? On an NFL team. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. But how many of them are knuckleheads? A vast majority of them are not knuckleheads. The vast majority of them do, you know, average NFL career is three and a half year. So that's what my thing is. He's saying it to, what, Haskins? But what happened to Johnny Manziel? There's other players who said this. So to me, it's an overall issue for a young athlete um, getting a large amount of money. And yes, we're not a lot of, you know, yes, a lot of them do come from a, a system where they're not educated. And I do believe the NFL do educate, um, have a program. I know the NBA does because my brother used to work with the uh, Player League Association. Right. So I know they have a, a classes and so forth. So. My thing is, yes, he could say it, but it, he should say it generally because it's not only for African American; it's the it's for a young player and the vast but, majority. But, of but Phil, to be fair, but to be um, fair, he did say he did say he's talking to everybody, but but primarily the people that he knows better because that's the group he came from. Yeah, and I think it's because he cares more. Uh, I'm not care more, but you know, what I'm saying he seems he sees a lot of things. He seen he saw a lot of things that happened to his peers. Right. Um, because of the mo the bad mentality that a lot of us have because of, of the bigger issue of our culture. A lot of things, a lot of things that we raise up into. So uh, here, it, oh, here's what I'd say. It would be one thing, yeah, he comes from black culture, but how old is Brooklyn McFarland? In his 50s? Who knows? I would guess Probably. That. <laughs> I would guess that. He's older, right? Mm -hmm. And so Brooklyn McFarland's been rich longer than he's been in, in, in these type of communities. And so oftentimes when a lot of people get rich, they start to look back and look down upon. I see so many wealthy black people who look- well, He's oh, only 43. He's only 43, yeah. Okay. He, Sorry. He, he aged like a white man. <laughs> he did. He definitely did. Who I'm that? him? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but um, the issue is that for me, because there's a history of, problematic narratives that are, are about African-American communities. The fact that some stuff I think we need to deal with in-house. Now, Greg, he has a stage, he has a platform, he can speak, you know, so I understand that, but there's some things that need to be dealt with in-house. In, in and I think I agree with Phil, if he just said players in general, uh, it wouldn't have caused much, he wouldn't catch as much, as much heat. Because, I mean, the reality is we're talking about black failure. He, he's saying blacks fail, blacks fail in this league or or people fail in this league because of this branding issue. And that's Evan, not true. Evan, you would of, never heard I don't comment. know. There are a comment if he said everybody. Exactly. Would, and that's the problem. It, it, it's, it's more beneficial that this is a topic now because more it gets more people ears to really look in the mirror and say, okay, what's really going on? But if he just be general like you like you're saying he should have, we would never be discussing this right now. Right, and and the, the way I look at it like this, is like we have discussions all the time about the plight of the black athlete, right? And how their experience is very different from their white counterparts. Like we talk about this all the time. And so 
I don't know what is offensive about highlighting, you know, a subsection of the population, 70% of the league is African-American um, and highlighting what is a potential issue considering the fact that even though there are all NFL players under that umbrella, it's like there, there is a difference. Like you, you need to be specific because they're not treated the same across the board. Am I saying it's right that they're not treated the same across the board? No, but I feel like we need to highlight and address where potentially there could be more success um, for African-American players. Um, for me, I'm not offended by him making the statement to African-American players. I actually agree with his, part of his sentiments about athletes need to treat this like a business. Like, yes, it's entertaining. Yes, it's sports. But you really need to come in with a mindset like, yo, this is, this is my job. What can I do on my job to make sure that I'm at selling as an athlete, to make sure my organization is at selling? Like, what am I bringing to the table? You know what I mean? And, and I think it's that self-reflective piece that I read through a lot of comments on Twitter that people are missing. Like they want to point the finger at the organization. They want to point, and trust me, these organizations have their part to play. So I'm not making that statement. But I felt like some of his comments were more self-reflective and it's something that we don't want young black players to do. We want to cradle and coddle them and says, oh, it's the organization's fault. It's this fault. You know, where's the accountability? So I, I hear all that. And my simple point is I'd rather discuss that within a broader framework of mutual responsibility in part because, okay. in part because there are so many problematic narratives. Mm -hmm. And I don't think brands, I don't think people come in one concern about the brands really that big of an issue in the sense of there are a lot of players who do a lot of dumb things and they mm -hmm. still are successful in the long run. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger had an issue with, with, with women. Yeah. And he was distracting to his team. He still was multi-Super multi Bowl winner with all of those issues. And so I'm saying that, one, I don't think that's really the issue. I think it's, a, it's just another way to blame, blame Black people for their own issues. Or, and like you uh, said, he didn't, he didn't just blame Black players. He, he made it in a, in a broad reference, but highlighting Black players. But I don't think a player's um, ability to make smart decisions. AI threw his wife out of his house. He still is going to be, he still is the first ball of Hall of Famer. There are a lot of people who do dumb things and are still very successful. James Harden was in the strip, was in a private strip room, stripper room. He's still dropping 40, 37 points out of okay. shape. Yeah, let me interject right here. And I think this is a point that people don't want to talk about too, that we really have to consider. <laughs> Everybody's not James Harden. Everybody's not. Right, exactly. But the problem is, they set the trend and the culture for the rest of the athletes. So that's the bigger issue. If those of your leaders are doing those types of things and the faces of organizations are doing those type of things, it trickles down to that person on the bench or trying to make the team. And he's trying to address it from the root of it, saying those things that they're doing, they can get away with, as you pointed. <laughs> Harden can get away with it. AI can get away with it. Certain players can get away with it. Everybody's not them. So that they should be the exception to the rule. And that's why I think Booker's Booker's trying to, if he said it's, it right, he's trying to outline I think that. He's yeah. trying to outline that. 
Yeah, no, no, definitely. Like we all know, even in the league, there are different standards for your LeBron James and Kevin Durant, as opposed to, I can't even think of a bum right now, but you, you guys get it. Like there are different rules. And so I feel like this information is necessary, not necessarily, not necessarily for the big superstar who they're going to make sure their stars are protected, right? They're going to make sure that they have a path of success. But this is something that these, you know, maybe younger players in high school and college need to hear and kind of wrap their head around. Yeah, um, so let's um, transition. And I guess in the same vein of this conversation, it's very relevant to Dwayne Haskins. Last week, we spoke about how he fumbled a bag. He was released by Washington football's football team. And um, I guess the question is, do you guys think that he's done? Like, has he committed career suicide? Do you think he'll have another opportunity? Um, what, what do you think is going to happen with Dwayne? He should get another opportunity, I think. I mean, he made a dumb decision, not one that – up like this. His dumbest decision was getting caught and taking pictures because don't believe he's the only guy who's doing it. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Right. But to that point, you know, it just it, it goes to say um, goes to show rather that if that's what you guys are doing, then you're all fools. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you guys are fools right now because you're sitting in your your opportunity, dude. <laughs> like I said before, you are a franchise. You could be the franchise quarterback. You were benched before you were a number one draft pick and you chose to spend your week, your weekend, whatever, before a big game with playoff implications to do what you did, it's, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, I will say they say he made it off waivers. Nobody picked him up. But uh, it's a lot of teams that's out there from spec from, from reports that are interested in his services. So because of his, his age, um, I think that he might get another – I, I agree with Evan. I think he'll get another shot. And I, I'm going to agree with y'all. Um, he's a first-round pick. Um, I think he slipped down to, like, I can't remember exactly. I know the Giants passed him. Gellerman, good job. And um, so he's talented. He's talented. He knows he was a first-round pick. He could throw the ball. He has that talent. And I guess some coach out there is going to be like, you know what? I could tap into this. And my organization has to be solid, like a Seattle, you know, May, may pick him up or, you know, someone out where I just, I'm upset that he messed up so soon and he wasn't playing this weekend. So that's my only regret, but he'll get another job. How many opportunities John Mazzell get as a, using, using drugs and all that stuff? Just saying. Johnny Mazzell? Johnny Mazzell? I mean. Did Johnny Mazzell have, have to fail? How many teams did he play for besides Cleveland? Yeah, he should have been benched a long time ago with all his shit. Right. I agree. And he's back too. He's playing for some draft league or some crazy Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah, something like that. He went to Canada, Phil, but it's he's starting some new league, but he's he's done. He's done. Yeah. But but Evan, I mean, your question is so valid and it ties into what I was saying. We have to acknowledge that different players, depending on the color of that skin, they get different treatments and you know, different leeways. And he um, wow. Huh? And he came into the league wild. Yeah, he was that dude was crazy from day one. Okay. He, he was wilding out from day number one. Listen, he so. was white boy wild. Not <laughs> right. <white boy> wild. <laughs> There's a big difference, y'all. <laughs> 
people can accept white boy wild. They're not accepting black boy wild. Right. Um, so back to this Dwayne Haskins thing. I agree with you guys. Like he'll get another chance. He's young. He has some talent. Uh, obviously his talent has to develop a little more, but I think he'll ultimately be fine. I just want to take this moment. I remember the year of the draft when people made fun of the New York Giants because we chose Daniel Jones. And this week I had the pleasure of reading Stephen A. Smith apologizing for the statements he made against the Giants organization and walking it all the way back. So this just goes to show you, we know what we're doing. You probably can't see it initially, oh but it generally works out ultimately. So shout out to the New York Giants for choosing Daniel Jones. We made the right choice. I mean, we, we saw this coming. It's just in yep. our blood. We're New Yorkers. You know I what I mean? Where else did Daniel Jones take you guys to? What's huh? the next topic? <laughs> y'all are crazy, man. What did he take y'all to to say this? Listen, we, I'm not saying he took us anywhere, but Daniel Jones is fully employed, okay? <laughs> a that's fully what, employed attorney. He, he, he will get a W-2 showing full employment for the season at the end of the year. That's all I'm saying, okay? Uh, shout out to Duke nine University. Interceptions. Nine touchdowns and nine interceptions. Danny dines. <laughs> yeah, so, that's called Duke University. They got nothing to do with But listen, in, in his second year, if all the potentials or, or prospective things go right today, he might make it to the playoffs. He might. I'm not saying he will, but he might. So, I mean, give give Danny some some credit here. Shout out to Daniel Jones from the Queen City. <laughs> so, continuing on um, with the NFL, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, <laughs> the great Carson Wentz, um, made it clear this week that he will be requesting a trade. What do you guys think about that? The great Carson Wentz. Why are we talking about more white failure? I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about <laughs> more white failure today. But, um, you know, I mean, I think Carson Wentz kind of still playing this league. I think he's another player who's a symptom of organizational failure. Uh, but do I think he's a franchise cornerstone quarterback? I don't know that. But do I think he can play in this league? Sure. I mean, if, if, if uh, Jay Cutler, more white failure, can play in this league, then uh, Carson Wentz can play in this league. Uh, Carson Wentz, do you want some cheese with that wine? We're going to miss you as Giants fans. You know, all that interception and going off key and making up your own play and your 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 own audibles, and you said, nah, I don't like what they call up there. I'm going to do my own plays. We're going to miss that, all right? Congratulations, cheerio, and you're not going to get signed. Well, <laughs> let me ask you, do we think Carson Wentz is, like, a starter in the NFL at this point? If Daniel Jones is a starter, Excuse Carson me. Wentz is a starter. You asked the question. I'm just going to answer the question. That's okay. all I want to answer the question. Fine. So, if Daniel Bum Juice Jones... <laughs> is a starter in the NFL. If Wack Prescott is a starter in the NFL, if Alex, whoever laughs, got his last name, he's a starter in the NFL, then Carson Wentz 
can be a starter. And he had some capable years. He had a, he had a down year, okay? So I, I'm kind of mad at my fellow Philly guy over there, my, my, my guy brother himself that's just so down on my guy Wentz right now. You know, Wentz still can play the game of football. And I think that the, the moral of this story is he's asking for a trade tool. We looked through, if we looked at the, the, uh, the statement from Scheffler, he said because they have a fractured relationship with his coach. So, so with different scene, or maybe a new coach, because Doug is not the best coach in Philly either, then possibly we can what? see we can see possibly, Phil. We can see no, no, uh, you said he's go not back the best coach. Too. Explain that. Not, Did he need help you win the Super Bowl? Oh, it's many, it's many people on the coaching staff. So everybody says, everybody that's the players and, and staff involved. has a fractured relationship with the playbook. So you, so you ask questions, then you won't let me answer, bro. I mean, <laughs> this is crazy today. I mean, he, I think the only fractured relationship he has is success on the field. Like, let's just keep it real. He don't, uh, he don't okay, got okay, no okay, okay, fractured okay. relationship we're not, we're not gonna let with the coach, okay? Let's just started keep it real. Keep I'm just, it I'm just real. My, my fellow black man who's a free agent, Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes.